Do you want to run further, faster, or stronger? Do you want to enjoy your running more and generally be a better version of yourself? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Alan Ladd, a running coach and nutritionist. My aim is to help you improve your running from 5Ks to ultras by providing you with the knowledge and tools you need on training, nutrition, and mindset, as well as giving you the inspiration to dream bigger, achieve more in your running, and to make it fun at the same time. Welcome to the Running Rules Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 44 of the Running Rules Podcast, how to prepare, train for, and run your fastest 5K. I think the 5K is one of the most popular distances. It's been really made popular by the Couch to 5K programs and Parkrun Revolution as well. Parkrun is a free 5K that happens every Saturday across the world in many, many locations. It's been going since 2004, so it'll be 20 years next year. And it was at Parkrun last weekend that I managed to run my best 5K time ever. And that really was the culmination of, I guess, the fitness from the marathon at the start of the year, the fitness from the cross-country cycle as well coming through. Um, I was supposed to be doing the cross-country last weekend and left it too late to uh, apply for it, unfortunately. Um, But I wasn't too disappointed because it did give me a chance to have a crack at the 5K, which I hadn't done since the summer. And uh, I did feel like I was in a good place to to really have a go at getting that uh, 5K PB that I'd been wanting to get. So I'm going to talk through a little bit about that race and some of my takeaways as to what has really helped in my training. And beyond the training, it's more my mindset, I think, has really changed and helped me to get to that next level. Um, I think... The 5K is quite difficult once you start really putting the 5K time down. It gets to the point where you're really trying to to shave seconds off. I think in the marathon, the marathon's a bit more forgiving because, yes, it's, it's such a, I, w- I would say, much harder race to prepare for. Uh, in terms of the length of time it takes and then you have one shot at it and you may be able to do um, a second one I'd say no less than five weeks afterwards but really you don't get too many shots at the the marathon that you've been training for but on the flip side of that you do get a massive potential to take minutes and some people can take lots and lots of minutes off their time uh, depending on how they execute the race. With the 5K, that's really not going to be um, possible. Maybe at the very start, it's going to be possible to get minutes and minutes off. But once you start getting to a point where you feel like you're plateauing with your um, your fitness, the way you approach it is going to make a little bit of a difference. But we're talking about seconds rather than tens of minutes obviously and it does give you a a less of a a window really to improve but nevertheless I think it's something that you can still improve in and even when you're getting older and maybe losing 
that speed a little bit more. I think we all think of the 5K being the fast uh, race out there. But of course, there's so many other races that are shorter and faster than the 5K. Uh, if you look at track races, you've got anything from 100 meters upwards. And they are really the, the races that you're sprinting. And the 5K is not that kind of race. I think when we start doing 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, we think of 5K being a really fast race. And it is comparatively to what we're doing. But in terms of how you approach it and how you race it, it's really not an all-out sprint. It can't be because you have to be able to run most of it aerobically. You can only really race anaerobically. That is where you're not getting enough oxygen in to burn the fuel uh, efficiently enough. Your body can help out with anaerobic respiration where it starts burning the fuel without oxygen, but that can only last a certain amount of time. And if you're going flat out um, sprinting, then it's only going to last you know, a couple of minutes. And so the 5K, even if you're running, you know, very fast times at the 5K, it's still primarily going to be aerobic based. And as such, it means that if you're improving at longer distances, like the 10K half marathon marathon, it does also mean that you probably have the potential to run faster at the 5k as well even though it will be a faster race than you're used to um, but the potential is definitely there so i'll talk a little bit about the 5k that i've just run as i alluded to i i felt like my fitness had moved on this year and i've talked about it in the bonus episodes that you can go back and listen to if you if you want to about um, preparing for the cross-country season preparing for the the Masters trial, um, making it into the Northern Ireland team. And then really that race um, in the international, I think, really pushed me on, not necessarily from a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. I went into that race really thinking I will, I will take this conservatively and build into the race so that you know, I don't blow up and get passed by everybody at the end. And of course, it didn't pan out like that because the field was so strong that if I'd gone with that approach, I would have just been left behind from the start. So I really had to hang on to the back of that race and everybody in it at a pace that I wasn't really planning to run at. But what happened in that race was, thankfully, I realized that I was able to stick with that pace and actually grow into it. Well, yes, I did slow a little bit in the middle of the race, but comparatively to others, um, I fared reasonably well at the back and I was actually passing people um, towards the end of that race. So it gave me the belief that really there was more there than I had thought before going into that race. And also because that was on a tricky cross-country course. Yes, I was running a lot slower on average than I would do on the road, but it gave me the confidence that I could go out a little bit harder than I really thought I was able to and actually be competitive or at least not get left behind in that race. And so I think that gave me the confidence as well 
along with the sessions that I'd been doing for the cross-country season, to think that I could push on a little bit in the 5K as well. I had done a five, couple of 5Ks in the summer, so I did Boston Marathon in April, and then I took about, not I didn't take time off, but I did light training for about four weeks, but I had, because I had a, a low-grade hamstring tear after, or halfway through the, the marathon, actually, and so I, I didn't do any real speed work after that for a, a few weeks, and I really sort of came back and did a race at the end of end of May. I did a 5K and fared pretty well at that off just a couple of weeks of speed training and the marathon fitness that I'd built up. So that was encouraging. It wasn't a PB, but I, I was in and around where, you know, I would, had been faster than I had been the last couple of years on the, on the 5K. The 5K for me isn't a distance I've been um, focusing on the last couple of years, which is maybe why the the times comparatively for my 5K compared to say the half marathon or the marathon aren't really they're not really as good on over 5K um, over the last couple of years. So I did think it was an area that I could target, and especially ta- going into the cross country season, um, I thought running and racing shorter distances 5k and 10k would give me a bit more edge when coming into the cross-country season i followed that up with 10k pb in june and then i raced 5k again in the start of july and i ran a pb which was my first pb for three and a half years in the 5k now that itself is a little bit debatable. So if we go back to 2020, it was the it was literally a week or two before COVID um, lockdowns, and it was, I think, at that time it was, I think it was the start of March, and we'd planned my brothers and I had planned a week and in Manchester, and it was about the time where it was just getting to the point where. Um, COVID was starting to hit in Europe and we were starting to get a little bit concerned, I guess. Um, but I think at that point, no one really realized how serious it was going to be. Um, so at that point, we were still traveling and we went to Manchester and we ran Stretford Park Run. Now, Stretford Park Run is a flat course and some of it is on a track as well, which makes it for makes for great running however there was an out and back there was it was two loops so there was an out and back that you had to go past twice which was out to a cone that was just placed there presumably every week and my gps you could see when we finished um that the gps was all over the place like it was running through buildings and all sorts so it measured short but um, you can't really take anything from that because the the GPS was completely off. It was going through buildings, but the I do think it had to be short, and that cone was probably in the wrong place. So around seventeen ten that day, which I think at that point was something like thirty five second PB. I think I'd run about seventeen forty five previous to that. 
So that stood for three and a half years, but I never really thought that that was a real proper 5K. So always sort of irked me in the back of back of my head and also meant that it was kind of a hard target to to follow because or to to go for because I knew it wasn't really a real PB and and really anything that was above 17 or faster than 1745 was really realistically a PB. Anyway, I went into this 5k and the plan was to try and run a PB or even the sub 17 if I could. What I didn't realize was the the course was really sort of an undulating 4k loop with a 1k uphill finish. Um, and so I was kind of on track for that 17 minutes. Um, but when it came to that last K uphill, that really sort of knocked the last few seconds out of that attempt. But I did run a PB and around 17.04 that day. Um, I think if I hadn't had people just behind me in that race, I probably wouldn't have powered up that hill quite as as hard as I did. So going into last weekend knowing that I'd run 17.04 on not a, an ideal course back in the summer and having had a lot of shorter um, sessions building up the strength for cross country building up my experience over cross country um, building my confidence I, I really felt like if I turned up on Saturday at Victoria Park Run, which is a perfect course for a PB and perfect conditions as well. If I just ex executed the run correctly, then I would be able to do it. And so, so that proved to be the case. Um, I was, it was perfect conditions. Um, I like it to be really as cold as possible without being icy. And I think it was about two degrees, uh, barely any wind. Um, no rain. It was, um, I guess it was sunny, but not, you know, wasn't, wasn't obviously baking because it was early in the morning, um, winter time and it's quite well sheltered there as well. So the first thing I would always say is make sure you put yourself in a position to have a good race and I did that by choosing the right course the right day uh, the right conditions and um, that Victoria Park um, for anyone who is not from uh, Northern Ireland it's basically a three loop uh, park run so it's about just over a mile um, each lap and it's somewhere that I used to train a lot when I work down in the city I would do all my interval sessions and tempo sessions there so it holds a lot of good memories um, for sessions that I've done there in the past and also because I've run that park run before four pbs in the past I ran my first sub 18 there as well some people will tell you that that park run is long um, and it did measure 3.17 on my watch. I don't believe that it is because if you run the opposite direction, I think it measures short. So I'm pretty sure it is 5K. It's it's properly measured. 
it's just depends which way you run, which side your watch is on. It's going to tell you it's measuring short one way and long the other. But actually, I think it is probably 5K. The only slight issue with it measuring long is that when you're running and you're looking at your pace, it's probably telling you that you're running faster than you realistically are because if it's measuring long, it's thinking that you're actually covering more distance than you are. So it will be telling you that you're running a little bit faster than your actual pace for the 5K. So I always take that in in mind as well. I know that it's likely to measure long there. So I always do add or try and take off a couple of seconds from the pace that I think I should be running at. So I think my, my target really was 5.25s because I think 5.28 gets you 17 on the nose. But I knew if it was measuring a little bit long and 0.06 can be probably around about 20 seconds of a difference um, for me at that pace. So if I'd run at 5.28s, I could have come in at 17.20. As it happened, I ran... I think 5.24 for the first mile, 5.21 for the second, and then 5.11 for the third. So it really did show that I had more there than I thought, even thought I had. Um, and that really is, again, from putting myself in the right position, at the right place after the right training um, and with the right conditions. Going back to the 5K race in the... In the summer, it wasn't an ideal course for a PB, yet I still ran it. And also the training that's all happened since then means that I'm stronger now. So I really felt like it was a good time to be doing it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the training that I have done recently um, and what training I think should look like or can look like for 5K. I think there are different ways of, of doing it. I'm going to talk about how important confidence is, uh, a little bit about pacing, um, and then I'm going to talk about the prep as well um, leading up to it. I've talked about the course and also um, I'm going to talk a little bit about nutrition and um, gear as well, uh, essentially shoes. <laughs> but talking about the training first, um, for me, it, my coach actually said afterwards um, that there's many ways of building that, that fitness. And I think that's true. I think people can run 5K PBs. Obviously, if you're starting out from couch to 5K, you're going to run a 5K PB at the end of that. That's going to be your best. And then building on from that, I think... The way that you would then progress that is potentially running further, you know, trying to maybe aim for a five mile race or a 10k race because those longer distances are going to build up your aerobic capacity and that is going to make you faster for the 5k. If when you finish couch to 5k, you're not running the whole of the 5k which is absolutely fine 
I think that's definitely an area where you can focus on and try to run more of more stretches with fewer walk breaks and that will naturally bring your 5k time down so if if that's where you are now and you're not able to run the entire 5k then try and build up a long run you know at the weekend that goes beyond it certainly take breaks in between um sections of that run but it'll build up your endurance build up the 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 aerobic capacity and mean that you're able to stay running for longer and I say this to people in in who who are training for marathons as well and you'll be amazed to know that people run really fast marathon times and still walk during the marathon but if you can manage not to walk then you're saving a lot of time if you walk for a mile for instance in a marathon I always think you can probably run twice as fast as you can walk. So if your average pace running is eight minute miles and you walk a mile of it, you're going to lose eight minutes on that, on, on your entire length of that marathon. So it makes a massive difference. But even if you're not walking for that long, even if you're only walking for a minute, um, that is going to make a difference, especially um, over a 5k time. So the longer you can keep those those run sections going for, that's going to be really important. So that's that's a way to build it up if you're just starting out. Then once you get onto doing longer distances, I think it's always interesting to come back to the 5K after you've done training for a half marathon or a marathon. Because again, Building that mileage up, building that distance up is going to build your aerobic ability and that is going to translate to your 5k time. Yes, you might not have that that real top end speed that you, you is going to finish off the 5k for you, but you will build up the endurance and the aerobic capacity that's going to get you faster um, through most of that 5k but if you've done a marathon so if you quite often find or I quite often find that people who don't do a lot of volume normally when they start training for a marathon or a half marathon and that volume goes up then their 5k time can also come down as well you might decide to do a 5k block after a marathon cycle which is another good time to do it and that's how I how I operated it in the summer and that's how I got my PB there so basically you're building on top of that aerobic base that you've built that massive engine and then you start doing the shorter sessions um, and that is really going to hone your faster running and build up the anaerobic part of the run that's going to be needed right at the end when you're really sort of trying to hammer those last few seconds out and then there's what I did in the autumn which is basically aiming for cross country I did a lot of strength work a lot of um, hill repeats um, and a lot of faster paced shorter intervals again and those are going to build the strength that you need and build the power and they're also going to give you the speed again that you need at the end. 
So it's a combination of all of these facets, and that's why if you're weak in one particular area, you can focus on that area and bring that up to scratch, but always remembering that the aerobic base is probably the primary thing that's going to get you to a faster 5k time. I always try and think of it in terms of if you're a marathoner, if you divide your marathon time by 10, then that's what your 5k time roughly should be. That kind of breaks down a little bit under three hours. So if you divide 180 minutes, which is three hours by 10, then you get 18 minutes. And I think that's quite a good um, approximation of what your 5k could be. So for me, dividing 246, which is 166, should give me 16.6, which is 16 minutes and 36. And I ran 16.46, so yes, I was able to get close to that, but it, it's a bit more of a push. I think it breaks down there. Um, and of course, up until last weekend, I was over 17, having run 2.46 in the marathon. So it does break down a little bit, but I do think the premise is roughly there. So again, if you are running a four-hour marathon, that equates to a 24-minute park run or a 5K five-hour marathon is about a 30-minute park run of 5k and those do generally stack up quite well if you're able to execute a good 5k and a good marathon um, and are not particularly better at one or the other. I think if you get particularly good at 5k but you don't have the training for a marathon then your 5k can be a lot faster than the, um, comparatively than the marathon. So that's really how I uh, approached the training for the cross countries. And then the 5K was really the byproduct of all of that coming together. I think for me, the aerobic base has been there for quite a long time because I've been doing marathons for a long time, obviously, but I've been focusing on them primarily for the last few years. Um, I think the strength element was a little bit lacking. I, um, I have done a lot of strength over the last few years, but it's maybe not been quite as consistent as my training. And I really tried to dial that in. And I think the speed element was really the thing that was missing for me. It was very rare in marathon training that I'll ever be running as fast as 5k pace, unless it's in strides, let's say, um, you know, before warm up, before workouts or just after an easy run. So I'll only be doing very small sprinkling of 5k uh, paced running when I'm doing a marathon cycle. But I was doing a lot more getting towards or near or at 5k pace this time round. I think key sessions for that would be intervals, anything from two minutes or less. Um, typically around about 60 second intervals or 90 second intervals in and around that 5k pace are really good um you know it's quite tough quite boring as well i think but if you can do something like 20 by one minute around about 5k pace depends how fast your 5k is i think for me when i'm or people doing under 20 minutes for a 5k that would be a bit tough so i would go for more like 16 but if you're 20 minutes or over then you could certainly do 20 by one minute. Uh, another good one that I did was 10 or 12 by 90 seconds. 
at 5k pace those those are really a little bit longer um but gets you used to running that pace i also think tempos are quite important um i think tempos serve two purposes really so they're great in longer distance training for half marathons marathons um i think tempos are brilliant because they're gonna be not too far off half marathon pace for most people uh, and they really get you running at the kind of paces that you're gonna need to run at for those kinds of races now for 5k training you're going to be doing your tempos at slower than race pace um, unless you're doing a really hard workout like i don't know three by one mile at 5k pace that seems on paper like it's a good idea i think that could be quite tough and if you can do that you're probably able to run a bit faster than that when you string it all together on race day when everything is prepped properly it depends a little bit on what you're like as a trainer are you as good at training as you are in races or can you always find a bit more in races for me, I can always find a little bit more. I'm always holding something a little bit back in training. And I do think that is probably a good thing because you don't want to be going all out in every training session that you have. You want to have something in reserve. The bad side or the downside or the flip side of that is that sometimes you don't know what your potential is because you don't know how much you're holding back. I've seen some people who go hammer, hammer, hammer in every training session, and then they don't really get that much more out of a race. Um, but I do think even if you're like that and you do train very hard, you should be able to dig a little bit more out on race day when you're rested, you have prepped well, you've gotten the right frame of mind for it. Um, it's difficult to do that day after day after day in training so i do think there's a difference there for most people the other session that's interesting is hills um i do think hills are a good idea especially further out from the race because they they serve so many so many functions they build your strength because you're having to work against gravity you're pushing yourself up that hill um, you can work in and around the 5k effort now it won't be pace because um, it's obviously going to be too hard to run that 5k pace up the hill um, but you can definitely work at 5k effort and you can get used to what that should feel like and then it's going to build your form as well um, so you're going to get lighter on your feet you're going to get quicker turnover and those two things are really going to be important for trying to get quicker leg speeds so that you can run faster during the 5k um so hills i i do value um i think they're better earlier on and then transitioning onto flat running to try and get that um that turnover there uh, one thing i didn't say about the tempos actually um you're going to be running the tempos slower than race pace but it still gives you the two things it gives you practice at getting into a rhythm 
So when you're running 90 seconds intervals, for instance, yes, you can get into a little bit of a rhythm, but it's going to be broken up quite a lot by the recoveries. And you need to get into, for any of these races, 5k upwards, you need to get used to running at a rhythm and being able to just keep that going, keep the rhythm of whatever that pace is. So if it's 5k pace, I've got to get into a rhythm that I'm going to be able to keep going for nearly 17 minutes. Um, it, it might be longer for you. You might have to be running for 25, 30 minutes, but it's a long time to keep that rhythm going. And that rhythm is so important because if you start slowing down, it can almost be imperceptible. You, you can almost not realize that it's happening. And you're looking at your watch thinking, I'm still going as hard as I can, but the watch is telling me I'm running slower. And it's just that slight slowing of cadence and slight slowing down and the rhythm's not quite there. And you're starting to have to make it happen. That's when it becomes difficult. It's so much easier if you can get into a rhythm and almost run on autopilot, which is what happened I was very lucky, but that's what happened on Saturday. I was very lucky that there was a good group there at the park run. And basically I got paced round by, um, it was three of three guys on the first lap, then it went down to two and then just one with me on the last lap. But really I just sat in behind, let them do the pacing, um, trusted them, just kept glancing at my watch, making sure that it was right, but really just focusing on getting into a rhythm and almost going on autopilot. And I think that's really what tempos can give you. Even if they're broken up, you know, it could be three by eight minutes, but it gives you a longer section of running, getting used to that um, tempo pace or that rhythm that you get into. Yes, you're going to have to get into a faster rhythm when you get down to 5k pace, but it's still the same mechanics. It's still the same process of keeping it going. And the last thing it gives you is if you're running those tempos at around lactate threshold or just slightly quicker, then it's giving your body practice at clearing out that lactate as you're running which is again really important for 5k because you're going to be running under that lactate threshold or faster than that lactate threshold and what that means is that the anaerobic work that is going on is producing lactate and that needs to be flushed out because if it gets too much in there then that's when you have to slow down so your body can recycle that lactate and actually use it for energy but it has to be able to, it has, it needs to practice doing that um, because the first, probably the first time that you start flooding your body with lactate, you're just going to go, what was that? And slow down. Um, but over time, if you can just nudge into that, that area where you're generating more lactate, then that is where the body will get used to clearing that out and get more efficient at doing that. So that is kind of an overview of training or possible routes to training. I always think the long run should be there in everyone's um, in everyone's week because that is going to give you more miles. It's going to build up that aerobic um, capacity. 
and it's really important. I think if you're only running 5k um, or, or not much further than 5k, then it really doesn't give you a lot of scope for being able to challenge yourself over the 5k distance because that's it's a challenge just to run the distance. Um, it most the same can be said for 10k and even half marathon. I think when you get to marathon, because the time it takes to run, you know, up to marathon distance or over it is so long, and then it takes time to recover from that. I think that's where it breaks down, but certainly at the lower distances, like 5k, 10k, half marathon, even for some people, you're going to be able to train over that distance. And for I always say the shorter the race, the longer the warm up needs to be. So if you're racing 5k, you could be doing up to four miles, let's say, of warm up, which is what I did on Saturday, and then a mile of cool down, which in total is going to be eight, nine miles, let's say. So if you're not used to running that, you have to shorten the warm up because you're not going to be able to, or you're going to find it a struggle to run that distance. So if your your longest run is five miles, let's say, then you're really limiting yourself to about a mile of warm up um, because you don't want to be on the limits of how, of that five mile distance when you get to the end of the race so you're probably only going to be able to do a mile warm-up and then the 5k the reason the warm-up is so important is because you're shooting off at a pace that is going to be uncomfortably fast and your body needs to be ready for that i've done it before where i've just turned up for a park run and bolted out without a warm-up and it's the the worst thing that you can do by the first corner, you know, you feel awful and you just start slowing and slowing because it's just such a shock to the system. With longer races, you don't necessarily need as much of a warm up because especially for a marathon, you're going to start off at a pace that is reasonably comfortable or you should be because you've got to run 26 miles at that pace. So it doesn't matter as as much. And in fact, you probably don't want to be wasting too much energy and a warm-up for a marathon but with a 5k you've plenty of energy or you should have plenty of energy to be able to do a decent warm-up at least 15 minutes which is going to be over a mile for everyone um is what i would recommend and longer if you are used to running longer distances then certainly run two three miles do some uh, drills and strides in there as well if you can um, because especially the strides uh, which are short bursts of pace are going to give you that higher intensity work is going to get your body ready for that um, physically as well as mentally so I think I've talked over the training the only thing I would say about um, the 5k is I've I said before it's much easier to shoehorn a 5k into your training and the way I did this was really a last minute well not a, a fairly last minute decision to put it in um once I realized I'd missed the the um cutoff for the cross country um I was able to shift things around but even if you say have a few days before the park run or the 5k or whatever it is 
you can probably shift things around. You probably only need a few lighter days to prepare yourself for a 5k. Whereas with a marathon, obviously you're going to know when it is, but it's difficult to do that at the last minute and be properly prepared because you want to be tapering for at least probably two weeks, if not three weeks or four. Um, So you really need to prepare and plan that in. I think with a 5k, you can pretty much decide midweek, I'm going to do a 5k at the weekend and sort of taper off your your week of running up down to the Saturday or the Sunday. Um, and that's basically what, what I did. The other thing is that I don't like the idea of racing it every week because I just think that it's hard to put everything in every week, week on week on week. And it was really actually tempting after I did did well at the 5k last week to say I, w- I was really tempted to enter a 10k this weekend and I think that's just a, a bad idea because it every time you you go out and race to the max you're putting your body under a lot of strain and stress even if it's for a relatively short period of time so it's really first of all hard to get up for every one of those efforts if you're doing it every week But it's also a bit of an injury risk as well because you're really putting your body on the line every time. And if you're not putting your body on the line every time, then you're probably missing out on the time that you could be getting if you really sort of focus in on one, I would say, one every four weeks at the very most um, is what I would do. Now, if something, say you'd plan to do a 5k and then something went wrong with it you could probably do one the next week or two weeks after and it would be fine I just think if you're really targeting something having it once every four weeks or six weeks or even eight weeks means that you can really sort of get good training block in and also put all of your focus in on giving it your all Um, again for some people it might not be a problem they might be you might be one of the people that really would put 100% in every time you go out there no matter how frequently but for me certainly i think to be able to give it my absolute best i do have to limit the amount of times that i do that and not do it so frequently that i get burnt out so i talked briefly about confidence um I've definitely built up a lot of confidence from that cross-country race, um, the international cross-country race and the season as a whole, because I can see the progression that I've made through that season. But I think confidence is an absolute um, game changer in terms of being able to push you, you, you forward. And it's something that will come in different ways for different people I think for me it was really seeing and feeling the the progression I could see it in the race times I was producing in the cross country but I could also feel it in the sessions um I kept going week by week thinking I'm I'm okay at these paces I think earlier on in the cycle I would have been struggling at some of the paces or at least being quite daunted by what what I was seeing on the paper. 
And then as you tick those sessions off and I was able to progress on, some of those paces came down, some of the sessions got longer. That really gave me the confidence that my fitness had moved on. So it might take you to see the actual race results. It might take you to feel it. Um, It might take you to look back in your training. It might not take any of these things. You might have blind confidence in your ability. And that is also not a, a, a terrible thing, not a bad thing. I think certainly earlier on in my running career, I definitely would have had more of that blind confidence and really sort of tried to push the boat out more often than I would do now, which is good and a bad as well. So the good side of that is that you get to find out pretty quickly where your fitness is at if you're really prepared to push it and give it your all um, to, you know, to levels that you're not really sure whether you should be going to or not. You soon find out you know, you find out by blowing up or you find out by getting a great result. And I've had a lot of my fair share of blow-ups and probably covered it numerous times on this this podcast. But so that approach sometimes works. It's quite often a risky and bad approach. But again, with the 5k, because you can do it more frequently, you can take different approaches more often with the marathon it's much harder to say yeah just go out and see what you feel like and see if you can do it because like I say you only get one shot at that marathon and if you completely blow it up you know by the time you've got to halfway then there's a long time to deal with it not just in terms of the race but afterwards as well having put all of that training in so it's much harder to say give it a go on a marathon, but certainly on a 5k, sometimes you can just give it a go, um, see what you've got, go at a pace that you think is going to be uncomfortable and see how you fare because you might surprise yourself. However, quite often, as I would always say, it's going to be about going out confidently in terms of how you've prepared and, 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 feeling confident in your approach, but not being um, kamikaze about it, not going in and really blowing it up beyond all proportions. So confidence is key, um, coupled with some measure of common sense as well. So if you're training at eight minute miles and then you suddenly decide to go out seven minute miles on the 5k, then it's probably not going to end too well. Um, But at the same time, you won't have lost too much, uh, especially if it's um, a park run that you can just repeat again in a week or two's time. So that's also a little bit about pacing. Um, But with pacing, I think it's going to depend on your approach. If you're going out really hard and trying to hang on, then that is one way to race it. And in fact, the first time I think I ran sub 20, I remember doing an article about this many years ago. Um, I ran something like 610, 625 and 640 something. So you can see I went out hard 
and then tried to hold on and just scraped over the line, I think around 1957. Um, I think the next time that I did it, um, I was a lot closer around the 620 mark, um, 625 mark. And my aim this time round really was to try and run a fairly even pace. And if you can push on the last 400 to 800 meters, that gives you a negative split. As it happened, ran the first two miles fairly consistent. And then the last mile, I just felt really good. Um, and the guy in front of me was just pushing on a little bit and I felt okay to go with that. Um, so did run about 10 seconds um, quicker on that last mile. Um, so it definitely was a negative split. To me, that says there's probably a little bit more there than I thought. So those first two miles did feel really comfortable, you know, in a hard way. Um, and for a 5K, they probably should feel right on the edge of what you're capable of. And to be honest, those first two miles felt reasonably comfortable. The last mile felt on the edge. So, so I think that 10 seconds difference is indicative of how much you know you can how much such a little amount makes of a difference to whether you're feeling comfortable or whether you're feeling on the edge or whether you're over the edge you know if I'd been running a five minute mile I would have been over the edge and slowing down massively so pacing wise I always like I think it's a good practice to try and get fairly even pacing in any race but you need to go straight into it in the 5k. There's no real time to, you know, ease into it. I usually say with a 10k, the first mile, you can probably add five seconds on just to ease into it. Um, first couple of miles in a marathon, you can probably um, go 15, 20 seconds slower than your goal pace. You can't really do that in a 5k. Um, I've done that before, actually, in a race that several years ago that I was running with clubmates, which I thought I should be reasonably well with them. And I ended finish, ended up finishing a minute behind them because I decided to run my own race, which is always a good plan, but it was far too conservative in the first mile. And then I just got disheartened and lost the rag with it. I think I couldn't pick it up at that point. I think for 5k, you really need to be hitting your roughly your average pace or target pace right from the start and that's where the warm-up really comes in so prep wise um we've talked about the lighter few days of training beforehand you also want to be well fueled and hydrated the day before now it's not going to be a full-on carb load but you want to have the energy stores there you don't want to be feeling completely flat on race day and you don't want to have to have too much on on race morning either. I like to have a light breakfast um, and I like to have that three hours ideally beforehand. Park run started, starts at half nine here. So I compromised and got up at seven and had a lighter than normal breakfast. I just had a bowl of cornflakes um, and a coffee. And that was, that's really enough. Um, 
you don't need a, a whole lot of energy. Um, you just need to have it available. And you don't really want to wake up and not eat because your blood sugar levels are going to be quite low if you do that. And that can just make you feel a little bit flat. And even though if you've got um, energy stored in the muscles ready to go, um, you can just feel a little bit fatigued and flat if you do that. The other thing I did was take a gel about half an hour before. Um, again, that's really just to boost the, the blood sugar levels. It gets you thinking well because the brain's going to use sugar and you just starting with a bit of energy there it's probably optional um I you could probably do either the breakfast or the the gel um if you take the gel too early then what will happen is your blood sugar blood sugar rises and then will crash before so if you do it about an hour before that's possibly going to happen what i would say with all these things is test them um before before your actual race so test the night before or the day before nutrition, test your breakfast, your light breakfast, and then test whether taking a gel helps you as well. We've talked about the importance of a good warm-up and why that's necessary, um, but don't skimp on the warm-up. Your, your body needs to be ready to go right from the get-go, and if you haven't done that warm-up, then it's, it's really... It, you're not going to be able to run to your full potential without that warm-up. So get used to doing that in your training sessions um, so that you know exactly what you're going to do when you get to the the race. The final thing on the prep uh, is caffeine. And I it's something that I've been taking more of um, in recent I would say in recent months, um, it's something that I've been focusing on a little bit more because I know that I've been taking more to the lower end of the spectrum. And it's something that I'll cover on a future uh, future podcast in a bit more detail. But very briefly, caffeine is a legal drug, um, which it's basically legal because it'd be very difficult to ban it. Um, it, it obviously comes in things like caffeine, uh, things like coffee, chocolate, um, Coca-Cola. So it's so widespread in tea. It's so widespread that it'd be very difficult to put a blanket ban on it and therefore it's prohibited. Um, sorry, it's, it's, it's accepted. Um, and what it does is basically blocks the fatigue receptors um, in your brain, which is why it can keep it can stop you from falling asleep. Um, and it's been really, really beneficial. Um, so many trials, so many studies have been done, and over and over and over again, the benefits of caffeine uh, in performances and times has been proven over and over again. So it really is a personal choice as to whether you opt to use it or not. Um, it's something that doesn't sit 100% that well with me because it does feel like it does. it's essentially legal doping. Um, but if it's allowed and other people are doing it and 
Is it any different to take it in coffee as it is t in a gel or a pill? There's a whole discussion and rabbit hole we could go down there, um, which I probably will do on a different podcast. But essentially, um, I've been taking a little bit more of it than I would normally. Um, so I took, um, had my coffee and then 200 milligrams as well, um, which is still on the on the lower end of the spectrum the the recommendations are usually three to six milligrams per kilogram of body weight so for me that'd be 200 to 400 um so i'm still probably around about 280 there it's more on the middle to low end but i do think that's making a massive difference as well so i've gradually upped that um and i definitely felt like I was really focused and dialed in during the race um, and I didn't feel that fatigued um, and I do put a lot of it down to that. Obviously, all the other factors have to be there. So your training has to be good. You have to have the confidence. You have to have the pacing right. You have to choose the course. You have to have the conditions. You have to prepare with your nutrition. Um, you have to taper down a little bit beforehand. But if you're doing all of those things, then caffeine is another thing that is potentially going to help you just to shave a little bit more time off. And the other thing is, of course, the super shoes. And again, it feels a little bit wrong going down to a park run uh, in super shoes. But if you ever go down to Victoria Park Run, which is not just where I go to run, PBs and not where not just where I tell my clients to go around and run PBs but you'll see uh, more famous people than me down there um, I think Nick Griggs was down there a couple of weeks ago and ran sub 14 so I mean it, it you know there's a lot of people going there to do fast times and it is a brilliant setup for it um, but the super shoes will make a difference if you have everything else right so i had my vaporfly twos on um and you feel a bit conscious self-conscious wearing those at a park run but then you look around and realize there's plenty of other people doing that as well um so yes that can also be a little um add added bonus um to take a few seconds off they definitely make a difference you can see that with marathon times that are coming down all the time um and the standards are coming down for races as well because of the the times generally are getting faster um they do make a difference whether it's four percent of a difference which was the initial claim from nike who knows but um i can definitely feel it in those those shoes compared to normal shoes you know it 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 does make a difference and anyone that tells you that it's not making a difference for most people is is lying to you now they might not work for everyone unfortunately you know some people just might not like that kind of shoe um it's the same with caffeine some people might not be able to tolerate caffeine that well and again, you just have to try these things. If you're doing all of the other big things right, getting the nutrition, the training, the mindset, the preparation, all of that correct and the execution, then these are the little one percenters that can then push you on again. I want to just cover off before we finish about park run versus races. Um, 
Parkrun is a great tool for anyone doing a 5k and anyone who's trying to run a PB, if you can find a good course um, like Victoria and Belfast, then it's a great option. There's a couple of pros and cons, I think, to running a parkrun versus a race. With a race, it feels more official. It is more official in terms of everyone's there to do a race. Now, that's not 100% true because quite often at races, especially here, there's people just entering races just to have a good time. And again, that's absolutely fine. But you'll find more of a percentage of the people running are probably going to be running to try and race their best time or get as high up as possible. Whereas a park run, yes, a lot of people are still going to be doing that, but it's not as much as um, a race probably. So there is a difference there. I think the more serious the, the with the race being a little bit more serious it could potentially bring you on. And again, if there's a bigger crowd there in your particular pace, then that can make a difference because everyone's pushing at that pace. Whereas if you're running to run a 25-minute PB, let's say at Parkrun, you might have quite a lot of people there that are just jogging around at that pace as well, which may or may not alter how you feel about that and, and how you push on. However, parkrun is really beneficial because it basically means you can guarantee that there is going to be one every week and you can pick the day where the conditions suit, where it fits in your training. And if something goes wrong with it, you can just move it. You haven't lost anything. You haven't lost any money. You haven't lost an opportunity in terms of that race is now gone. With a race, you know, you have to be ready there on the on the day. If you've been sick that week, it's just tough. That's when the race is going to happen. Yes, there might be more races, but they're probably a little bit more sporadic. You'll not necessarily be able to get one the next week or two weeks later, especially when we're not really in road season during the winter and there's more cross-country races. There's probably fewer opportunities to race 5Ks. So overall... I do think parkrun is a great option. I also think races can be a great option to push you on that bit further with a more um, dedicated, faster field. Um, but again, it just depends on your preference as to which you go for. And I think if you're definitely if you're starting out, parkrun is a great option because it's probably a bit more not not the races aren't welcoming. But it, it's a bit more inclusive of there's so many people there for different reasons, um, all enjoying the run together. And it's a bit less um, official. But races can be brilliant. Um, and it also gives you that confidence and that, that um, practice at racing as well, which is going to move you up to bigger distances as well. 10K, half marathon, marathon. So that's a slight bit on the difference between parkrun and races. But certainly parkrun is a great option and somewhere that I will still go to any time that I want to do a 5k PB. So I really hope that has helped break down how to 
run a really fast 5k uh, and how to progress in the 5k in terms of training, mindset, how to prepare for it, pacing, where to go for a good course and all the other things that we talked about in, in the episode. I do hope that you will consider having a look at uh, a 5k near you, um, possibly in the next few weeks. If you're looking at park runs, the, the great thing about park run around um, Christmas and New Year is that there are extra ones on. So usually park run is limited to Saturdays only at half nine in the UK. Uh, actually, it's sorry, it's 9am if you're in uh, England, Scotland and Wales, I think. And it's 9.30 in Ireland and Northern Ireland. But um, it's usually on a Saturday, but on the there is usually an extra one on Christmas Day and New Year at some of the locations. So do check it out on Parkrun's website if you're interested in doing that. If you want to get any extra tips, personal tips on how you can move forward in your own training, then do reach out to me on Instagram at The Running Rules. I would love to hear from you, even if it's just to quickly cover off, you know, a, a direction that you're thinking of going in, something that you're um, thinking of, of racing in the future. Do let me know. Um, I'd be really happy to help. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you're having a great week. Take care and I'll speak to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and I hope you've got something to take away and action in your own running. If you enjoyed the show, please hit subscribe and recommend it to someone you know. If you're struggling with your own training or want to get faster and stronger and not sure how to, therunningrules.com forward slash coaching is where you can find out more about getting personalized help with your running and nutrition to take you to the next level. Have a great week, stay consistent, focused, and most importantly, enjoy your running.